1: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and if you're like our Seahawks and decided to take a bye week from watching football this week, I wanted to bring you a couple important items to be aware of. The Seahawks' next opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles, they lost to the New England Patriots on Sunday at home 17-10. The Eagles' all-pro tackle Lane Johnson went down to injury, so we'll be watching the injury report this week to see how he comes back from that. Johnson was carted off the field with a head injury. The Eagles struggled to run the football against that Patriots defense. Miles Sanders had 11 carries for 38 yards, just 3.5 yards per attempt. The Eagles finished the day with 21 attempts for 81 yards. Carson Wentz, only 50% on his passes on the day, 214 yards, 20 completions, 40 attempts, sacked five times, passed for 214 yards and a touchdown. The Seahawks, of course, are going to be looking to cover Zach Ertz, who has been Wentz's favorite target. Nine receptions on 11 targets, 94 yards on the day. But the Eagles really struggled on third down against that Patriots defense. Three of 13, only converted 23% of their third downs. Hopefully the Seahawks defense can show up once again against the Eagles coming up this Sunday. We'll be talking about it a whole lot more in the week leading up to the game, but let's look at the NFC West. The biggest game being the one between the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. The Cardinals fell to the 49ers 36-26, but the game was a whole lot closer than that. The Cardinals getting out to a quick 16-0 lead over the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners responded, scoring 17 unanswered points. The Cardinals jumped back ahead in the third quarter, up 19-17 on a field goal. After that, the two teams traded touchdowns and the Cardinals actually held the lead all the way until late in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a 25-yard touchdown pass as the Arizona Cardinals were blitzing. They get the touchdown, they get the go-ahead score, 30-26, and the Cardinals get the ball back with just over 30 seconds left to play. All three of their timeouts and their first pass to Keyshawn Johnson. He fumbles the football, the 49ers pick it up and uh, believe it or not, the Cardinals actually did get one more possession after the 49ers turned it over on downs, and it was on that final possession that the Cardinals are throwing it around the field. The ball's on the ground. One of the offensive linemen tries to make a play, shoots the football up in the air. The 49ers able to recover the football and take it into the end zone, so that 36-26 score, uh, not exactly representative of just how close this game was late in the fourth quarter. Another game that was close in the fourth quarter, the Sunday night matchup between the L.A. Rams and Chicago Bears. The Rams had a 10-7 lead going into the fourth quarter. They're able to get a touchdown, pull ahead 17-7. That's the final score. The Rams move to 6-4 in the division, but they're going to have to take on the 8-2 Baltimore Ravens next week. They will have that game at home. It's going to be on Monday night football, so back-to-back primetime games for the L.A. Rams. Then they go on the road to take on the Arizona Cardinals for the first time, and then a week later face the Seahawks again in prime time on Sunday night. The 49ers, though, they have a tough schedule coming up. Next week, they face the 8-2 Green Bay Packers, the third game of a three-game homestand for the 49ers. That game's going to be on Sunday night football. That game took the spot between the Seahawks and the Eagles that was originally scheduled for Sunday night. But as Keith Ketover at Phloctomus Prime on Twitter pointed out, that just makes it so the, the NFL now can flex that Week 17 game between the 49ers and the Seahawks because each team only allowed a maximum of five primetime games on the schedule. So maybe the NFL thinking ahead just a little bit there, recognizing what could be an important Week 17 game between these two division rivals. A rivalry game that many of us are still fired up over And so I wanted to bring some important notes from Pete Carroll's bi-week press conference after the game. He talks about why he thinks the pass rush was successful in that game against the 49ers. We get to hear him comment on Shaquem Griffin getting some snaps late in the game. We also get his thoughts on Quandre Diggs, who played a significant amount of time against that 49ers offense. And also, Pete talks about the team's lack of ball security as fumbles were a big problem against the 49ers. So let's get to it. Here was Pete Carroll's opening remarks following the Monday night win over the San Francisco 49ers.
0: That was really a, a great event last night. Um, in so many ways, uh, in such a great matchup and, and uh, see how much the Niners have improved in, in just the last couple of years to play at that, that level. And, and, uh, we felt fortunate, you know, to have the opportunity to play them when they're playing like that and then in the setting and At their place biggest crowd ever Monday night all that kind of stuff just made it a, a, a really a great event And and one that I'm really happy we got a chance to get into and and uh, get out of uh, It's just good for us Like I say to you that we need the challenges and we need the the, the big moments and, and we need to understand how to deal with them and, and I thought last night was uh, just plentiful <laughs> with uh, all kinds of issues and concerns and gamesmanship and poise and challenges to the poise and all that kind of stuff, which is really what will help us. Um, again, Russell played great to give us a chance and all those opportunities, um, really just in cl- really classic fashion as we've seen him before. You know, he's really hard to deal with in those in those those kinds of drives and those moments late in the game. And... uh found his way to give us a chance. The guys came through, made some big plays, all kinds of big plays across the board, different guys. Uh, uh, Great to see Malik make a couple big big plays that uh, solve problems for us. uh, Jacob Hollister came through in a huge way again. um, I think I said to you last night how how different it felt playing without Tyler. Um, It's just we're a different-looking team when when he's not out there. But guys made – made plays josh came through with a couple of big catches for us and crucial third down situations and and uh you know i just it was really an exciting game and, and then also to mention again uh, jason Myers, um role in, in this win was just classic you know drama challenge pressure all that stuff and he just dealt with it like a true champion and, and came through and just shows you who, who he is and what he's all about and uh it was really proud, proud moment for all of us. So for the players you know, to recognize standing behind him last week and, 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 uh, and then, and then calling on him this week and he made the plays and, and that he needed to make. And then the guys got to cheerlead and jump all over him and all that to, to, just celebrate um, him, him coming through in a great way. So, uh, um, also worth noting is just the game that Jadavian Clowney had. golly, what a fantastic football game he played! He just was unblockable, and uh, he just continued to to weave his way into the backfield and make plays in the run and the pass. And he plays that he wouldn't get credit for that he affected were many in plenty and all across the board. And so. Uh, Pass defense was good last night. Um, we made a lot of, a lot of plays, had, had our hands on a lot of balls, and, and could have could have had really Bobby and Cage. It could have iced it at the end, and uh, we had plenty of chances. Trey had a chance, too, for a pick, so there a lot of interceptions out there for us. Um, which was good to see our guys work together with the pass rush like we've been hoping to see. So I think we made some good progress, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, taking this break and, and maximizing it, and everybody get the rest and get healthier and, and come back raring to go and, and uh, go charging down the final stretch of the season. Yeah, so we're definitely in the it's in the finishing mode is kicking in right now, and, and uh, we got to do a good job. of Everybody rallying and, and rising to the occasion.
1: And following those opening remarks, obviously a lot of concern about Tyler Lockett's status as he was seen on the bench late in the game. Pete was asked to provide an update on Lockett's status.
0: Um, he, he's, I think there's a, I think they call it compartmental issues or something. You know, it's, it's the swelling that that caused from the from the the contusion that he had. Our, our our people think he's going to be fine to play, and he'll you know he'll need a few more the rest of this week to make sure that and everything goes away. But that he should be fine to play next week.
1: And Pete was asked what many of us were wondering, when exactly did Lockett get hurt? You know,
0: I don't know. I didn't see I, I went through the film. I did not see the play that he got hurt on. I just missed it. Um, he was he was there, available, trying to play late in the game and then just couldn't go in, in, at the very end.
1: We saw on the news over the weekend that Richard Sherman was fined $28,000 for unnecessary roughness, lowering his head to initiate contact on a big hit on Lockett. I went back and looked at the tape. It didn't look like that would have been the one where... Where Lockett would have gotten the injury on. There was some helmet to helmet contact. There wasn't a flag thrown on the play. So I am still curious to know what exactly was the play that Lockett got hurt on. Maybe we won't know. The most important thing, though, it sounds like he's feeling better and he's going to be back in it for that game against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Seahawks pass rush, a big story in this game against the 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo pressured on 18 of his 51 dropbacks on those passes where they did pressure Garoppolo. Just two completions on 13 attempts, 15% completion percentage, only 20 yards, one interception, five sacks. It was a big day for the defensive line and the pass rush. Pete Carroll was asked what he thought made that pass rush so successful against the 49ers. I
0: think it was a combination of, of guys, you know, uh, really making, you know, making the presence uh, aware and you know, known. That, uh, for sure, uh, Jay Reed helped us, you know, and in, in, uh, getting uh, Q black back also. Um, there was just a contribution that, that allowed, you know, the. More spacing and and, uh, and the opportunities and, and then it was really it was it, Clowney really was the guy that really was the the, the key to it all and uh, we played off of him but I think it was the compliment of other guys being back because, you know we haven't had Quentin uh, Jefferson in, in quite a while and he was doing well early so just just getting all our guys back going again. Uh also, um, uh, Michael Kendrick's had a little factor in there, too. He had a couple of three pressures or something.
1: One of those guys in to rush the passer, Shakeem Griffin in for 13 snaps late in the game. What did P. Carroll think about Shakim Griffin and his role?
0: He, he's active, you know, and we're going we're gonna to find ways to utilize him. Um, it, it's really clear more than it has been that he, he might we might be able to build a role that, that could be uh, a factor, and so we have to – work at that um, more so he just to use his speed and, and he, he's instinctively a good rusher he's just not very big and so uh, you know you have to you have to do special things with him so we'll we'll put that together and see if we can make you know that a good compliment to what we're doing
1: and so I think what all Seahawks fans want to know is can we count on the pass rush being like this moving forward can they carry it on to upcoming weeks and hopefully we can count on it because coach Pete Carroll he's counting on it too. I'm totally counting on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm counting on it.
0: I'm hoping that we can take the step forward and, and uh and and really bring a real active pass rush like the guys that we're we're sending. You know, we've got good guys, we've got good blitzers and all that. Um so it's just been kinda of quiet for just uncomfortably quiet for a while, but uh what happened before doesn't matter, you know. So let's go do something now and see if we can we can take off from this week.
1: Quandre diggs played all eighty-three snaps on defense at free safety in this game and it really felt like he made his presence known. Coach Carroll was asked about Diggs' impact on the secondary.
0: I I think there was an impact. I I thought both the safeties played really well. I thought BMAC played well, too, and, and was very active in this game. Um, I, I think just the settling, you know, kind of presence of a veteran, um, and also uh, he's a hitter. He's a real hitter, and and he goes for it. And he had a couple big shots. Had a big shot in the toss. Had a couple shots on on receivers that I think had a you know had a factor in, in, in later on in the game. Uh, and uh, and Bradley had a couple hits too. So you combine what they did, I thought. It, the safety play was the best we've seen it this year I thought that was the best game that our safeties have played and uh, so I'm hoping that we can continue to grow and get better and, and, and feed off it. it's an early uh, assessment because you know Q's just played one game you know and it's, but um And he can do a lot of things, so we'll we'll be anxious to figure out how we can, you know, complement what we're doing and and utilize him. Now that he's he's you know, crossed the threshold of playing time for us.
1: So with Diggs playing full time at free safety, McDougal playing full time at strong safety, how does Marquise Blair fit into Pete Carroll's plan moving forward?
0: Um, we want him involved too. You know, we love what what he does. His running and hitting is is of great value to us. So he played in the dime situations last night, and we'll we'll work that out as we go forward.
1: So he mentioned he was playing in dime situations. I'm looking at the NFL game book and not seeing Blair registered as having any snaps on defense. I do see 15 special team snaps. So if they were in a dime situation, maybe there was a, a penalty that canceled out a particular play, and he came back off the field. But Blair not registered for any snaps on defense in this game, so we'll have to see in coming weeks how they might work him into the lineup. Another guy who played all 83 snaps on defense, Shaquille Griffin. Pete Carroll was asked about his big play in third down in overtime.
0: Yeah, what a huge play when you go back and you you know watch the game. And the impact of that play was – it was monsters, you know uh, – because he was trailing a little bit, you know, but he made it up with just great athleticism and great timing on getting his hands on the ball. He made a really secure uh, two-hand knockdown there, um, but that was a huge play. Yeah, <laughs> obviously that, that play changes the game.
1: Of course, going into this game, the big concern were pass rushers Nick Bosa and D Ford and what they could do against the Seahawks tackles in this game. They come out of the game between those two players just one hit on the quarterback they did have six pressures on the day but just one hit between those two guys and with those two players particularly not having as much impact as we may have expected going into this game what did coach Carroll attribute that to
0: our guys worked hard I mean they they had a couple uh you saw if you went back and watched carefully we made a couple mistakes and we cut a couple guys loose and we misinterpreted some looks and and, and uh, those were really a couple freebies they had, you know, and, and now they're a really good rush group now I mean, I'm not taking anything from them, but we did make a couple errors, you know, in, in, in how we set things up um, And then I, I think in the flow of the game We really did pretty well and we're working with Russ's ability to get away to things, you know we 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 did all right, you know, and, and uh, gave us the chance to get the ball out of there. Just started with such a such a bomb, you know, a couple of rushes right off the bat that you thought we were never going to get a pass off for a while there.
1: Russell Wilson was pressured on 19 of his 44 dropbacks in the game. He was sacked five times, and Coach Carroll was asked if Russell Wilson came out of the game feeling okay after taking some pretty hard shots.
0: We hung out together quite a bit on the plane, and and uh, he was he was okay. He took it. I tell you, he loved that game now. He loved that football game, and he was so upset that he didn't. You know, we didn't finish in the when we had the the opening drive of of overtime. That he missed that one Um, because he 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 saw what was what had happened, and he read the whole thing and knew everything. And that was the the play to win the game, uh, like the week before. And and, uh, you know, we might have started a little lower between uh, Jacob Hollister and Russell in, in overtime if we got to hit that one, but just missed it
1: in that game against the 49ers. I know there are a lot of calls that as fans, we had a lot of questions about, but for Pete Carroll, which, which play was the one he's most eager to hear back from the league about?
0: Um, maybe the quarterback pro- forward progress thing. I'm anxious to see that one. You see what they th- I talked to Al about it already, just to get, you know, just get the conversation going. Um, you know, and how how they look at the various styles of quarterbacks. You know, some guys can get out and some guys aren't getting out and and how they handle that and and just to understand even more fully, you know, what to expect. Um, and And I don't really know that I, you know, I'm not complaining about those calls. I just want to know more, how you know, the criteria and, and how it's going to go from QB to QB and week to week and all that. Um, it, it is a split-second decision that they make to pr- help to protect the quarterback. So we understand that's that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing that they're doing it that way. And, and uh, But we just – you know, there's some magic in there that you can take away from the game, you know, by by making an early call on the guy who's got that ability. Some guys are going down, you know, and, and I, I, that's the conversation that we're having right now.
1: And because Pete Carroll is saying there's a conversation that's happening between him, between the league, what's Coach Carroll's understanding of that rule and what goes into that conversation?
0: there's a conversation yeah there's a conversation that, that they have about the style of quarterbacks to so that they are making the right decision because they're trying to protect the guys and some guys need to be protected differently than other guys and i think because of their vulnerability or you know or it, it's more likely that they're going to get hit again and again if they if they don't get the whistle blown and so they're doing they're, everything's for the right reasons and they're trying to do the right thing it's it, i think that there's going to be times that we could always maybe at, you know question was this the right time to protect him, or should you have protected him? Because the second one, when uh, when they take the ball away for the touchdown, you know, mm-hmm. Russ is really in the grasp of two guys, and and he's moving backwards. There's not a long time period there, but there's time, you know. And, and uh, you know that it's really the I'm looking for is the consistency, so we understand what what we're up against and all that. So. Russell's still going to battle and do his thing, and other quarterbacks are going to battle and do their thing. And, and uh, you know, I don't think it's all the same, but they're, they have, they're in the conversation. They're, they're working to do it as well as they can, and that's all we really can ask of the guys.
1: And to this point, we haven't talked a lot about the offense yet. Let's start off hearing from Pete Carroll talking about Jacob Hollister. Ten targets on the night, eight receptions, 62 yards, had the only touchdown that Russell Wilson threw in the game. What is it? that's enabled jacob hollister to jump right in and be that dialed in with russell wilson
0: jacob's just a good ball player he's a really good football player he's uh i think um there's a really good all-around athlete and i love that he's a quarterback growing up and all that kind of stuff and you know played other sports he's just a really good ball player and he's tough as hell i mean he's delivering blows and taking hits and and uh Competing like crazy. It shows up when a guy is really good in special teams and he gives great effort in blocking and he catches the football. That's a that's a complete package guy. And I I think Jacob is going to be a tremendous asset for us. Going down I don't think this is any fluke or anything I think he he's just a good football player and uh and he's learned well he they they it, it's like you see the um the ability of Russell and, and and uh Tyler to fit so well together it's because they're guys that just understand ball and so they make sense and they communicate in the transition it was like we just saw with Josh guys that really understand the game The the transition in the in the, the, um, the communication just seems to be you know kind of wide open and, and, uh, and fluent and um, you can benefit from that. So, I mean, the play that they make for that touchdown pass, Russell sees that, that uh, Tark's back is to him and he doesn't, he can't tell what's going on. So Russ knows I got this, you know, and Jake kind of had a feel for it. Yeah, just go ahead. You know, we got this guy. They kind of both knew what was happening and he dropped the ball on him and they make a beautiful touchdown play out of it. didn't even look like there was any way you could make that play, you know, but those two guys both thought it could happen and, and they saw it that way. So that's, um, you know that's that's a special guy that, that that adds you know to Russell, and you can just tell. That's why he's been able to be you know part of this thing so quickly and, and really in a big way. A heck of a game by by Blood yesterday,
1: and it was a good thing that Hollister had such a big day. He's the only tight end on the roster, if you don't count George Fant. Luke Wilson going down with a hamstring injury, and here's Pete Carroll addressing Wilson's injury.
0: Uh, Luke's got a legit hamstring. And uh, it legit meaning that, you know, it's not just a, a little cramp or something. Um, it showed up in, in the um, MRI testing of it. So it might be a couple of weeks for him. We'll have to wait and see.
1: Tight end Ed Dixon. We've been watching week to week to see if he's moved on to the active roster. Could we be getting close to seeing Ed Dixon back on the Seahawks roster?
0: Yeah, he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Fortunately, if, if Luke is unable to play, then uh, we'll, we would you know, like to think we could go right to, to Ed and get him rolling.
1: One other pass catcher we haven't yet talked about DK Metcalf. He had a fumble in this game. Fumbles were a big problem. What did coach Carroll think of that particular play and Metcalf's fumble?
0: It's a legitimate play by them. Really good play by them. Um, I I sat with DK on the plane last night for some time talking about it. You know, we have to, he has to decipher when it's time and when it isn't time to keep battling. He's, he's been in the situation a few times already. Um, and he, he's so strong that he just doesn't go down. So it does allow for a lot of guys to get a shot at him, and we can't let that happen. So um, we're, we're talking about Taylor and the way he does. I mean, this is just something we're learning as we're going with the guy. You know how how it's going to work out. There's a real presence of mind that's that's crucial in protecting the football. You have to know when to go with the way that uh, the attack is coming on you, and and. Uh, he did not quite have that yet. He's fighting, and, and he's tough as hell, and, and he's hard to get down, and that makes him vulnerable. I mean, that was an incredible play. He's going to score a touchdown right there, you know, and, and uh, he, should, he shouldn't even have been close. But that made him vulnerable, and we're, we're going we're to make uh, we've already, it's already underway to make some good, better decisions than that.
1: And how does that play from Metcalf? How does that play into the Seahawks' issues, the overall lack of ball security that we've seen from the Seahawks this season?
0: I got to do a better job. You know, I I have to do a better job of of setting the thing in motion about how we emphasize it. And it's one of the most, it is the most emphasized aspect of our program, but it isn't good enough. We're not doing it well enough. And the guys aren't buying it well. I mean, and for example, I mean, here I'm talking about DK right now. We're still teaching DK about situational football. I'm telling him, watch Tyler. Watch how Russell and Tyler take care of the football. They know when to avoid the contact that could could make them vulnerable. And it's not being soft or it's not, you know, it's not being a tough guy. I mean, that's that's presence of mind and, 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 and uh, conscience that, that is the team conscience represented, you know. And and uh, so we, we're we still learning, you know. We're still learning. So we got to do better. Uh, you know, Chris, is, we... we how if you guys could see, you know, how much we spend time on it and how directly we spend time on our specific guys that have a chance to put the ball in their hands. Uh, not to mention a feti. Uh, <laughs> um, but we're working on it, you know. And so we have to work better. We have to work more efficiently. We've got to drill it better. We've got to do a better job on defense of, uh, during the week of uh, attacking the football. And we have been subject to some extraordinarily accurate punches and some ridiculous returns. I mean, and those returns are just crazy. We're, we have four or five returns for, for scores or putting the ball right down by the inside of five-yard line. You know, we... We have to minimize the impact of those things better, but, but most importantly, we've got to pick and choose our situations properly and, and with the right conscience. It's all about conscience. You know, it's not about, hey, how fancy I want to run or I'm not caring. I'm just going to go make a first down. It's about how you get there with the right mentality, with the ball in the right, right spot and, and protecting it like we can do. So hopefully this stretch will change this. We get, this is, we we won't have a chance. We won't have a chance. If this keeps going on, you can't win like that. I mean, we're, we're so fortunate. Think how fortunate we are to win that game, that tight a game and, and, and kick the ball all over the field. It was terrible.
1: So if the Seahawks weren't able to come away with the victory in this game, I think a lot of people would be pointing to the fact that the Seahawks at midfield with just under two minutes left to go, punting the ball back to the 49ers, San Francisco gets the ball back with a minute 50 left on the clock and they throw three straight incomplete passes. Just how fortunate was that stretch for Seattle?
0: Yeah, well, really he helped us. <laughs> we took full advantage of it. Um, some real optimism right there now. Some real optimism right there that we're going to get that ball back.
1: So clearly in that moment, Coach Carroll wasn't thinking about playing for the tie. He's going to play for the win. And maybe it was some of that optimism that played into that decision. But he does say, yes, he expected that the Seahawks would get the ball back after they were punting the ball away to the 49ers.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's why we, you know, we kicked it thinking that was the best chance to win the game. And, and uh, unfortunately, it worked out.
1: So it was such an emotional and just a draining game. I mean, we felt it as fans, it was an emotionally draining game. Does a bye week, does the timing of the bye week come out well after a game like that?
0: yeah Well, i think we're very very fortunate i mean i always would tell you that the bike came at the right time because it it did you know it came when they gave it to you but we can make the you know make a uh, a a good good transition out of this i think and uh I really I hate that we didn't have our meetings today to have the fun of watching the highlights and the film like we like to do and have a good time you know and all that because the guys got separate but we'll just have to recreate that when we come back Monday.
1: One of the things that stood out from this team week after week after week as they go to eight and two on the season is that this is a very resilient Seahawks football team. Pete Carroll was asked about it and he was asked where that resiliency comes from.
0: Where that comes from is is belief, you know, you believe that you, things are going to go the right way. And, and that without that, then you, you can't be resilient. You have to believe and trust that, you know, there's a chance that things could turn the way you want it to. And uh, this group has been a really positive, um, um, receptive, uh, bunch, you know, nobody's doubting anything, nobody's going in off in a different direction, nobody's got their own agenda, these guys are on board and so uh, when the leadership is very very much you know, kind of in that line of thinking and uh, in, in you got Bobby and you got Russ and, and are guys who know know that good things are going to happen their coach is talking that way all the time and guys, they're, they're going along with it you got a really good group that can, that can find a common ability to be resilient and I think that's that's what we have, and um, just look at us. You know, they—they, I mean, they, you, you might have seen. Uh, you know how much I was fired up about going into OT. I mean, I love the fact we're going into overtime. Okay, this is what this is now. You know, our guys were jacked up. I mean, <laughs> they were fired up to get Gino just to go flip the coin. You know, so that's that's the right spirit of taking on the opportunity to, to succeed and, and, and to overcome and, and uh, that comes from belief and that you know they've got reason to believe in that good things are going to happen and you got a QB like Russ and and, uh, and an approach like we have it, it, it kind of has come together and and so possibly, Possibly, and then we come back again next week. We can ride this and, and uh, take advantage of it and, and see if we can't uh, come up with some more stuff here to, to make this a really fun season.
1: And that's going to do it for Pete Carroll's press conference. He's going to be back on Monday. The team will be back on Monday preparing for this upcoming game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Be sure and subscribe to this show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast. And we're going to be having lots more talk on the week leading up to this game against the Eagles. I know I'm going to be looking for someone from Bleeding Green Nation to come on and help me preview the matchup with the Eagles on Sunday night. Clinton Bonner and I have a show coming up this week. We're going to be talking about the Seahawks at this point in the season and giving our thoughts 3-in, three 3-out three style. So after 10 games, if you have an in, if you have an out that you want to that you wanna throw out there to Mr. Clinton Bonner, tag him on Twitter, at Clinton Bonn, hashtag 3I30 on Twitter, and hopefully we'll be able to work in your thoughts in the upcoming show this week. So stay tuned for that. And with that, we'll talk to you more later on this week, go Hawks.